What's up, everyone? Everyone enjoying their PAX East? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, My name is Dylan Elvento, and I'm the co-founder of Ward Games, and we wanted to put on a panel for you guys. Um, Joining me today are a couple of fine gentlemen. Um, These gentlemen, good friends, uh, good good designers and developers. As Dan raises his eyebrows at me. Um, he's okay. Yeah, he's all right. Uh, all three of these guys joining me um, all go to Brand Center, VCU Brand Center in Virginia. Um, it's kind of their graduate program. They're, it's a premier program about the business of advertising and branding. And they all specialize in um, the um, XD track, the experience, experience design track. Design. Experience design. Um, Adobe Experience Design, out oh, now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so it focuses on creative technology, user interface, um, user experience. Um, but let me go down the line, specifically in what they specialize in. Dan Cotting, say hi, Dan. Hi, everyone. Okay. You want me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Dan, Dan, tell me a little I, bit I about yourself. That. Okay. So, my name is Dan. Uh, I am a virtual reality experience designer and user interface designer. So uh, today, my focus on the panel is going to be chatting about VR. Hey, uh, I'm no, Alex. you can't talk about yourself, Alex. No, no. can't talk about myself. No, no, no you can't. I'm Alex. I'm another experience designer with a strategic bend. So today, I'm going to be focusing on what games stood out distinctly from a conceptual standpoint. And I'm Mason. Uh, I'm the other co-founder of Ward Games. Uh, Dylan and I put together the studio how many years ago? Uh, two, two, one and a half. And we kind of make games in our, in our free time. But I'm also, a, these are my classmates. I'm an experienced designer. But uh, Dylan and I split the, uh, the development and design duties at Ward Games. Yeah. Mason's much more of the analytical kind of systems-based mind, and I'm kind of the other one. Except for you're the, the developer. The yeah. Programmer. I don't know how, why that worked out. Um, but a little background on, on Ward before we go into our hidden gems. Ward is based out of Richmond, Virginia. Um, we got together doing game jams. Uh, are you guys familiar with game jams at all? Game jams? Game jams? Yeah. yeah. So like in 48 hours you make a game. Um, we started doing that. Had a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still working on our first game jam game. Making it uh, for launch hopefully sometime soon. We walked away from it and then people started really liking it and then we came back to it. Yeah. We went to MAGFest with it. It was a good time. It was a good time. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit war, but uh, Hidden Gems, what's, what, what is Hidden Gems? Doing? Hidden Gems is about discovering the undiscovered Do you guys see at the Paxis. Gems? That's, that's, I made those that's gems. That's it, guys. That's what we're here for. That's, that's Illustrator with uh, gradients. They're no longer hidden. <laughs> um, but so Mason and I went to Paxis for the first time last year, and we only came Saturday. And we were like, there's a lot of stuff here. You can't see everything. Whose first Paxis is this? Yeah. Ooh, very cool. Who's only here for today? So that was us last year. We came for a Saturday. We drove up from Virginia, which was 10 hours. Something like that. And a lot of tolls. And I just, I was so overwhelmed. By the tolls. <laughs> just, just the tolls. <laughs> New Jersey Turnpike, it's crazy. Um, but those of you that's your first year, is it, are you, do you feel like stressed out? You can't see everything you want to see? Yeah. If you have to stand in a line, don't. That's, <laughs> that's kind of a pro tip. Yeah. Um, um, we spent like four hours just playing Puerto Rico, the board game. It's Last really good. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Dylan wouldn't let me make it my hidden gem, but <laughs> Puerto Rico is incredible. Yeah. But so, so, so the coalescence of this, of this panel is that we wanted to kind of 
kind of cater. We wanted to show people like things that you could find that you probably haven't heard of and that things that don't have lines. You don't have to wait around. It's not, you know, it's not the, the Nintendo booth. Um, I know everyone wants to play Switch right now, but I mean, but there's a lot of cool indie stuff. There's a lot of cool, like weird out in the fringes stuff that you pro- guys probably haven't heard of. And even like bigger than development, like just communities around here that are just awesome that we're still finding out about. Right. Um, so let's start. Yeah. Dan. Uh, thanks, you, Dylan. Yeah. D- so, VR Dan. Look at that. VR Dan. Off. This guy. Um, okay. If I show of hands real quick, uh, in the room, how many of you have tried kind of one of the high-end headsets, either an Oculus Rift or an HTC Vive? But not okay. PSVR because that doesn't count, I guess. What's that? Or, or PSVR. <laughs> PSVR is up there. Um, how many of you have not tried one but really want to? Yeah. So you've probably noticed there are a lot of lines here uh, for that. Um, the thing that I really want to bring about, since I said I'm a user experience designer, and what does that mean? It's figuring out the best way to convey in virtual reality what we're trying to design for, what it is that we want the user to feel, experience, et cetera. So for my focus today, what I did was I went through and I said, let's find all the VR stuff. And then let's find the VR stuff that seems like they're doing stuff from a really cool perspective. Because one of the crazy things about VR is we don't really know what we're doing yet, right? It's so new. It's so, um, every time we think we have a rule down, we figure out, well, maybe that's not the best way to do this or the best way to do that. And so there were a few things I noticed today that I definitely recommend checking out. So first things first, real quick shout out, um, Abduction from Cyan. I, I'm an old school gamer. I've been gaming my whole life um, and I was born in the 80s and uh, Mist was one of those first moments where you're like, man, I can experience something awesome, right? Yes, yes, yes. Some people get it. Um, so <laughs> Cyan. Some people are old. Some people, some people no, are, no, are, are older. Um, but that That's same thing, I think, lends itself to this idea that you put yourself in a headset and go to this other world. One of the things that was so great about Mist from the first point, uh, from the first time you could do that, was you were allowing yourself to transport to another world. So the makers of Mist, Cyan, uh, there's a game here called Abduction. Uh, definitely check that out. Really good stuff. If you haven't tried VR before, it's kind of a nice slow pace. Uh, you shouldn't get sick. That can happen with VR. So you're good to go. Um, another one, The American Dream. Uh, uh, plays Samurai Punk Company. Uh, and really what I liked about this one, really cool art direction. Really looking good. So I had to give them a shout out. What, what was the tagline for that? It was like Samurai Punk uh, Ninja like Samurai Lifestyle. Punk ninja Lifestyle set in the 1950s. It looked really cool. Yeah, it looked like... Yeah. Um, so definitely check that out. And these are all in the indie, uh, in the indie area. Uh, and then I Expect You to Die by Shell Games. And this is one I wanted to talk about a little more um, because, again, from that user experience perspective, what's cool about it is with VR, we still are trying to translate from traditional games. And so we have all these things. Think about the first time. Um, so I'm a big Zelda fan, as you guys know. Um, think minority. about going from uh, Link to the Past and that 2D top-down, and then suddenly when Ocarina of Time came out, for those of you guys who remember, and, and that was like the greatest game ever when that came out, um, that we're kind of doing that with VR, right? We're trying to figure out how to transition gaming into this new medium. Uh, And so one of the things I think that I personally, as an experienced designer, uh, like to do in the things that I'm designing and the prototypes that I make is try to put someone in something so that they feel like they have autonomy and that they feel like they can do something, um, whatever they want. Because the idea of VR being this other world, you should be able to do whatever you want. And so I was actually talking to the UI designer uh, and a few of the other 
team members from Shell Games, and I Expect You to Die does that. I Expect You to Die lets you go in, and you can pick things up. It's, it's a puzzle. It's kind of like an escape room sort of thing, um, but it's got really nice art direction. They've thought through a lot of stuff. Definitely check those guys out. Uh, and then finally... Wait, d- Dan, hold on. Yeah. Explain to me what I Expect You to Die is. We said it was like an escape room kind of thing. Yeah. Like the whole premise is like, like the, the title of the game is based off of, what is it, from Goldfinger? It says, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I believe so. Like that's, yeah. it's, it's those kinds of things. It's like James Bond, like trap escape scenarios. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and for VR, it's really cool because it's one of these things where by having that user autonomy, you can do whatever you want. Uh, if, if you figure it out, you, you're good to go. If you don't, well, I expect you to die. Um, nice. So, nice. Nice. See what I did there? So finally, I'm going to talk about something that I think gets overlooked a lot here. There's so much software here, or if we do hardware, it tends to be on the PC side of thing or like a big like Nintendo Switch. Um, uh, but there's a really cool group of people called uh, Null Space VR, and they just moved out to Seattle, and they're doing something really cool. They created a haptic suit, meaning that you can feel what's happening to you in VR as you wear this kind of... Uh, vest, right? And it's called hard light VR. Why is this really cool? And why is it worth, they said, don't wait in line. This is worth waiting in line for. Why is it worth waiting in line for? All right, whatever. Because well, I'm just saying, <laughs> what do we know? one of the yeah. things we haven't figured out yet in VR is how to convince someone to move around, right? So if we think about traditional games, when we look at stuff and, uh, and you'll have some kind of visual cue in the UI that kind of directs you to look over here. Maybe there's a sound cue that directs you to look over there. We're still trying to figure that stuff out in VR. And what they've allowed it to do is you can actually feel like there's something tapping you behind you. And you can turn around and go look at it. So it's really cool from a UX perspective. Really awesome, uh, just fun way to experience things. And I think there's going to be some cool games that come out of it. So... That's my wrap-up on VR. Uh, definitely go check some of that stuff out. Give some of these indie developers uh, some love because there's some great stuff out there. Uh, and then Alex. Thanks, Dan. So when you're on the show floor, there are so many things to look at. Uh, I have crazy ADHD, so my brain's just jumping all over the place. Uh, and touching as, everything. As, touching everything. <laughs> and as much as I love the next dungeon crawler or roguelike fantasy game, I look for the stuff that's going to make me stop, like literally my tracks, maybe bump into someone. What are these games that do something just a bit different? And there were a couple titles, this might be a theme this year, that were really inappropriate topics paired with equally inappropriate art direction. So you get something like the dog crisis in Moscow, where there are dogs roaming the streets, hungry, homeless, and it's a side-scrolling, pixel-based game where you're jumping for tacos. Or the idea of parenting. Parenting is hard. How many parents do we have in here? Couple. Um, as I'm sure Mason you're aware. Mason parents me, does that count? That does okay. count. Okay. Very much so. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, your kids do everything they can to get in trouble or get themselves killed. And so this game is called Think of, think of the Children. <laughs> Easy, Alex. <laughs> oh, man. Likely. It is in this game a very brightly colored, blocky, pixel-based game. These kids are trying to embarrass you at the supermarket or run into a swimming pool, and it's your job to do things like go about your grocery shopping or enjoy your barbecue while keeping an eye on your children. Uh, The big one I want to talk about is called The Gardens Between, Uh, this small game made by these guys from Melbourne, Australia. And 
this game tells the tale of a relationship between a brother and sister or two friends. It's really up to you to decide what this narrative is. And all you do in this game is move forward and backward through time. And what's really interesting about this is that every level takes place on an island surrounded by these beautiful gradients of green or blue. And no matter what you're looking at, the scene is always the same. It's this island and you're moving around it. And it's filled with these abstract uh, objects from their dreams and, and from their life that tell this story. Uh, but it's one of those things where you're walking by and you, know, you see every you know, dark pixelated shooter after another. And then there's this very serene, beautiful scene that you know, for a lot of these games, you, you kind of need to experience in the privacy of your own home or just you know, be, be able to listen and take your time with it. Even on the show floor, the gardens between really, um, it kind of made everything fade away. It, it, it was that um, serene. Uh, and then another honorable mention, uh, the Italian ear. Uh, these guys <laughs> killed it for me because I walk up and it looks like I've walked into a grocery store. There's a baguettes, uh, wine. Their table looks like something that, you know, a, a nice dinner I would set. And this guy, it's a labor of love. I don't know if you've ever played any of the old uh, beat-em-up arcade games like The Simpsons or X-Men. You know, this stuff where you just mash greasy buttons in a Chuck E. Cheese arcade somewhere. This really guy, painting a picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Making it vivid. He has faithfully recreated that feeling in a, in a modern game in a way that I haven't seen anyone do before. You know, there's a lot of copycats for this style of beat-em-up, but this really feels like I'm playing that game again. And so you play a uh, the nephew of a lazy Italian man, his words, not mine, uh, who on a hot day needs you to go out and get ice. And so you run outside and the mafia is trying to get you. That's like how Dylan grew up. Yeah, that, I that's mean, exactly being, being Italian. Dylan Ovento. I, I just... One thing that I know stood out to both of us and something that I think Alex has pointed out here, he mentioned labor of love. So if you're trying to figure out how exactly would I go about discovering these kind of undiscoverable things, I think it's really easy for us to get caught up when you walk in on that show floor and, and you see some of these big budget AAA games and they, they're so – the production value of the booth alone is phenomenal. And the bass is blaring. Uh, when you go to some of these indie games and you can look around and you see – uh, you see someone talk about their baby. You see someone talk about this thing they've been working on, you know, night and day, not getting paid. Um, and, and it shows. It shows in the work. It shows as a labor of love. And I think that's one of those ways to discover the undiscovered is by really honing in on the fact that at the end of the day, they're people that made these games, right? Because they like games. They love games the same way we all do. Yeah, it's especially with like um – we, we saw that when we went to MAGFest because if anyone out here like wants to – is making games independently or wants to make games, like they – it when we showcased there, there was uh, – I think it was called Where Shadows Slumber, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is part of the Penny Arcade Indie Showcase. So it's separate from like the, mega, uh, the Indie Mega Booth and things like that. But it's interesting. It's like being there with them and then – coming here and seeing them in that different thing and you can you can relate better to them it's like you you being a developer you want to seek out the more obscure things because like yeah zelda's cool or overwatch is cool it's like and all that stuff is awesome and you love the presence that it has i like the giant reinhardt that was stomping around everywhere That's pretty cool. he was <laughs> geez, we still don't know if that was paid by blizzard or not I think it was just a very dedicated fan. <laughs> um, Anyone know the Reinhardt? <laughs> if you're on the right, if you're the Reinhardt, can you stand up, please? Your lights are, your lights are on. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it. You want to 
reach out and find that stuff. Like also when we were at Magfest, um, uh, Read Only Memories was there yep, with, yep. with their DLC, and it's really cool. Like I'm here with my my game. And you look over three booths, and there's Read Only Memories, and you can talk to them. And it's it's awesome. And and one thing building on that too, like it's the the devs here want to talk to you about their story about making the game, and it's a really cool opportunity to kind of, you know, I always ask, you know, what are you making it in? How did you make the assets? Yeah. What gave you the ideas? Like they want to talk about it because. A lot of times, and at least when we... Are you guys familiar with what MAGFest is? It's in D.C. It's a big music and game festival. Yeah. yeah. It's they pretty... Have the, they, it rocks. They Mag, sponsor Mag, the... It's, it's killer. They but, sponsor the, the jam space here. Right. So wherever the room is with all the music instruments and the microphones, that, lot, that's a MAGFest. Lot, a lot of these indie devs are, are given the same spiel over and over of like, you press A to jump, you move the right stick to go to the right, you know. And like, but it, they want to talk to you about the, the more interesting stuff. And I think, you know, part of what's so cool about PAX and the community around it is uh, they... They want to tell you what they did or how they made it, and they don't want to tell you to press A to jump because most of us yeah. can, can surmise it, that one. Yeah, and you'll, you'll find people who whose eyes light up when you say, "Tell yes. me about your game." Like, you know, how, what chunk of your life did you spend working on this? We had that with the uh, oh, what's that? What's that mouse game we were looking at today? Tooth, tooth and tail. Tooth and tail. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Monaco? Anyone know Monaco? The game. It's the it's the, it's the game from that, that that developer. It's um. Yeah, you have the dev name. I walked up to. I was like, oh yeah, this is Cellar Door. These are the Rogue Legacy guys. And then I said that to the guy's face. He's like, we didn't make Rogue Legacy. I'm like, that, sorry. <laughs> right, sorry, sorry it's Pocket Watch games. Pocket Watch. They didn't make Rogue Legacy. Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty okay. sure. Um, Mason, so, what would you find? Well, I want to talk to um. To Dan for a second. So that that haptic yeah. suit you wore. Yeah. Give me give me an idea of uh, what it what it looked like. Uh, I wore it too. I'm just kind of. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like playing a role. Full, almost looks like a full ballistic suit. It looks like a tag. Like it like looked like you yeah. were in Edge of Tomorrow that uh, movie. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it's got all these you know bulges and sensors, and it's on your arms, Tell me about and your the chest, and your back. Um, but, uh, it, it looks pretty serious without a doubt. It's pretty crazy. So I, I tried that on and I'm, uh, and obviously, you know, you can tell by hearing Daniel for a few minutes, he's, he's way into VR, but it was really unsettling, not unsettling, I should say, but when you're wearing this vest, you can have someone tap you from behind and you know to turn around and because you have a headset on, the world goes with you and it, and it, it was cueing you on things that you wouldn't normally have in VR to... To turn around. Um, yeah. What are some other motions? Or wait, I'll tell you in a second. The coolest thing about this vest. Sorry. Uh, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> Easy, Dylan. The um, and this is completely. I was talking to the guy, and they're talking about the industrial design of this vest. And when you put it on, sorry, there is a bright blue light on your chest. And I'm like, what's this for? And he's like, it just looks fucking dope. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. You guys get industrial design. Um, I just want to be Iron Man. I just want to be Iron Man. And I, I really, I was endeared by that. I mean, the vest yeah. is cool, but the, the light in the middle. The yeah, light like, in the middle. It's all about the light Style, the man. That developer we talked to, yeah, he was super excited. <laughs> and he had just come off of GDC. And a lot of these devs are also coming from GDC. Yeah, so, so if you see one with like a thousand yard stare, just come on. Just yeah, keep, they, they haven't like, slept in like four days. Time on the back or something because, I mean, they did a full week of GDC and then they flew out here. Because Boston Convention Center don't give a shit. <laughs> the um, I don't know, I didn't say that. The uh, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said. Um, <laughs> so this this vest you're wearing, it's it's the, all these little motors. And the demo the demo we did in it, you were shooting a uh, gun because it's video games. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And we can, we can talk about that. So wait, we're shoot, what were we shooting? Scorpions? Uh, yeah, scorpions that were shooting back at you. So the, the coolest <laughs> thing in, the, in that demo, and, and uh, you guys should go, the line's not too long right now, and, and it's a good way to get a headset on if you haven't tried a headset. Um, this big scorpion comes at the end. The story's really good. This big scorpion <laughs> comes at the end, and uh, they cue you on that it's coming by shaking your entire body from right to left. And I thought yeah. that was really neat because I've never had that yeah. in a game. Well, I mean, like, you know, Rumble, I think Nintendo introduced the Rumble Pack with the Nintendo 64. We've had haptics in games forever, right? Um, but I think this is a way to really, to have directional haptics like that, it's it's just, it's really cool. Now it's all about really that really cool. HD Rumble and the Switch. Yeah. You gotta oh. jostle the ice cubes. You do what? Yeah. yeah. The ice you cubes. Shake, you feel the ice? In your hands. It's like, guess the number of marbles in the bag or something? Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys making anyway. this up? No, this no, is real. That's, no. a, that's a one-two <laughs> Switch game. Mason, let me tell you how to discover the undiscovered at PAX East. You go grab a Switch. You go like this, and you just switch it around. It's company N Nintendo. <laughs> it's real obscure, are real indie. Real indie. Mason and I were talking about this earlier. There is so much, like, Nintendo put into high gear for all the independent developers for the oh, Switch. I am yeah. more sold. And speaking, another thing, like, talking to the developers is really cool. All of these developers are saying that Nintendo and and or they're saying that someone has approached them, but it's probably Nintendo, and they are really lobbying hard for independent developers to come on their platform. They're making it super usable with Unity, super usable with that's a technical term with Unreal, and portability. You know, I I've I've been sitting here. I'm like, all right, three hundred dollars for a Switch. But after talking to all these devs that are having really good meetings with them, I think Nintendo is really invested in the independent community. And I think that the way that the Vita had a huge independent library on it, the Switch is going to be that. And, like, I mean, I love big-budget games, too, but, I mean, most of the fun I have now lately with games is, is the, you know, the independent stuff. Yeah. I, I was talking to a dev today that, you know, they... And this is, I think if there's one theme that you may notice, it's that we recommend talking to the people that make these games, um, especially at these tiny little uh, one or two person, five person shops, um, because that's where you're going to get the most information. And, and he was saying like, I don't have time to play, you know, 80 hour epics all that often, but I have time to sit down and play a two hour, three hour game. And so he's like, as a developer, I really want to make it count. I know that for me, my time is precious. And so I know that anyone who's going to invest in my game, their time is probably precious. Let's make sure that everything I put into it matters. And to me, when I heard that, that's how I knew that's a game I got to check out. Because when the person who's making it can speak about it that way, where they, they recognize the value of your time, of their time, why we're all doing this, why we all care so much about video games, that is really powerful. And that's something that you can walk away from and say, that's that's it. That's a game that I got to check out. So, um, yeah, indie devs. Do we have any devs in the room? Are you guys like, anybody tinker, make some games? Do we have anybody makes games? One or two? In the free time? Sheepishly raise Okay, yeah, kind of cool. Count. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Game it's awesome. Game yeah, game jams are great. Um, all right. Mason, Brown. I have, I have a game. Has anyone seen oh God. the Bobby Thorne experience? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. You gonna... guys are in for a treat. <laughs> You're going to flood the booth. Let me paint a picture. Dylan and I are walking, as we do. And um, we walk by this screen, and there's a guy with just a microphone, and he's talking to the TV. And on screen, it looks like a southern... 
cathedral warehouse. I'm not really sure. He's got it's got chairs like this. It looks like a community center. It just looks like like a like looks like this room and then a bunch of seats in front of him. And there's this character named Bobby Thorne giving a sermon. And it, it was it was so bizarre. And and Bobby Thorne is, is interacting directly with the guy with the microphone who's giving the, the demo. The guy with the microphone, I'm like, hey, hey, man, and I'm, I'm doing what Dan and Alex are telling you to do, is talking to the devs. And um, I'm like, what's your game? And he's like, ask Bobby. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to see some, some games. <laughs> so then, we, and then we're like, and he's like, Bobby, what's the game? And then Bobby starts giving his sermon to me. And, um, and, he, and he hands me a coin and, uh, we both got coins. We both we've, got coins. We've both been indoctrinated. <laughs> because it's, it's coinsoftheprofits.com is this, uh, the coin in your hand. And Bobby Thorne is a life advice giving spiritual guide. He's a guru. He's a guru. And at one point, he convinces one of the patrons, sorry, the patrons the who are patrons. digital, uh, not me, to stick the coin into his heart and he dies. So all of a sudden, there's this mounting uh, corpses in front of him. Yeah, so like throughout the course of like the day, he's just been demoing, I guess, how he can kill people. And just they're just by, like, so visually imagine Second Life. That's that's the visual yes, good, that good. I got with it. It's just very kind of like very kind of low res uh, 3D models. And yeah, it's just like, he's like, yeah, you there, woman, stand up. And the woman stands up and she's just clipping through the chair. <laughs> the chair. She's standing in the chair. It's like, okay, this is where we are with this, with this game. Okay. No, I love it. I love it. But it was next to the DigiPen booth. It wasn't tied to that. It wasn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't tell you purposely because I want to tell you here who made it. Oh, no. Tell me. Well, um, so this is, it's this weird bridge between performance art and gaming, I oh, guess. Okay. And I realized later on that behind their, 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 they have a curtain, kind of, and there's a guy in the background wearing a VR headset talking into a PA system that is Bobby Thorne. So that explains the Wizard of Oz mechanic. But uh, it's the guys that made Soda Drinker Pro. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is their next game. I saw that they were on the docket Yeah. here. I had no idea this was their thing. So Because, because it was next to DigiPen, I was like, okay, there's some weird art student thing. This is some, like someone's like thesis or something is just experimenting <laughs> like oh come on you're graduate students you understand oh. <laughs> but yeah. the uh but yeah i highly recommend everyone go see bobby thorne because it is it is it is so bizarre yeah it's it so it bridges on uncomfortable in a way that just speaks directly to me but, where i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is weird, man. I'm all about this. And Bobby's wearing like a nice like three-piece oh, white suit. Oh, he's so sweaty. I don't even know he's supposed to be sweady, but the the, the shader on it is weird. It kind of looks like the new Zelda. Like it's like because it's like it's no, layered. No, uh, yeah. no, don't. No, no. Not, not your wrong. Link is sweaty. I don't understand. Well, he's got you know he's got sweaty a sheen. He's climbing a lot now lately. The uh, working out. So and I had them kind of walk me through what this game is. And you are basically you play as Bobby Thorne, and you are building up your uh, uh, coins of the prophet spiritual religion. But you start next to a vape store in a strip mall. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad because I'm kind of like co-opting. Like I just am so enamored by these these two. They're brothers that made the game, and one's a uh, one's a PR guy. But he, he's just so. I think they have a problem. And what's even better is that this game. And they're really tight. With, 
what? <laughs> Nothing. Oh. What? Mason said, I think they have a problem. And then he changed his, oh, he changed no, his no. mind. They have a good problem. I'm on board. They have the best problem. They have I'm a Mason with, Brown I'm problem. I'm Bobby Thorne. <laughs> but, uh, make, make shirts. There's the Gaming for Jesus group next to them. Yep. <laughs> and they're tight with them. because they're, they're And they made it very clear to me, like, we have no problem with religion, organized religion. We, just, we don't like exploitative televangelism. And I just thought it was funny. that yeah, I mean, Someone at PAX had to know what they... Like, that's just kind of silly. It was, yeah. That, but everyone should go see, and it's it's so unassuming because the guy that was demoing it just did not want to break character with me. He did not play ball. Yeah. <laughs> it was this brinksmanship between Mason and the guy. He's like, so what's the game about? He's like, I don't ask Bobby. Bobby, what's the game about? <laughs> Bobby, Bobby didn't want to. Bobby, Bobby didn't give it up. Thing. But yeah, so so the guy sitting behind the curtain, like you said, he has an Oculus. He has, or a, has, he has a Vive a headset on with he's a touch control microphone which is hooked up to a PA system because the game is not done enough. They can't route their audio through the game. So they have this incredible ghetto rig that is all feeding into one speaker system. But that's, that's, that's independent game development. Like that's, you're just, you're just <laughs> duct tape and sticks, man. You're just trying to, <laughs> please, yeah. please support my, my passion. Yeah. The week before MAGAFest, my TV that we were going to use, like a 40-inch TV, died. We're like, what are we going to do? And then we used Mason's... Uh, Desktop monitor. We're like, well, this is what we're going with. We made a sizzle reel. Yeah. That morning, the morning of, of talking about the game. Yeah. So like for, for those who aren't in the know, like there's, there's things called like a track modes or demo modes for games. So like if you walk past any of the booths and there's video or something playing or sometime, it means someone is either made a video or made AI so the game can play itself. So they themselves don't have to sit there and play the game all day we like we did two ago. <laughs> the first day of MAGFest. And last year I was at the Tiny Build one and they had, what was it, 10 Second Ninja? 10 yeah, Second Ninja yeah, yeah. X? And the guy had to do that. He was walking from terminal to terminal. Like when anyone walked away, he would walk and start playing it. And when someone seemed interested, he would he would hand it to them. It's not it's not good. It's not fun. Hot tip: make a sizzle. Hot tip: make a sizzle reel. So, so Bobby Thorne is over by the Digipen booth, which is uh, if you're looking at the when you walk in, it's the right side of the Indie Mega booth. And check out the Digipen booth too. Also, all the school booths are incredible. Yeah, because a bunch of students making games and. Um, and that's where we get that cool indie dev community is people just, you know, either learning on their own, learning as students, learning, um, you know, how to change this industry and do whatever the, the future of this industry is, which is super exciting at a place like this where you can see everything from, you know, two brothers making Preacher Simulator Bobby Thornton uh, Thorn, to Thorn, Thorn, Bobby please, Thorn, please, Thorn, Bobby Thorne. Bobby Thorne. I'm sorry. Uh, no. To... <laughs> Continue. I'll be. I'll have to go become a follower now. I haven't. I haven't done it yet. I tried to get you to come over. I have to get, I, I I have to get I'm going to do friends. it. I just. I, just, I go check out. <laughs> the then he moves up a level in the no, echelon. They had that. I, I'm at the aluminum level, but the coin quality goes up every level in the religion. Oh. I want them to be like obscure metals, though. I want them to be like cobalt and. <laughs> there's one part too where he asks you to come into the back room and it just smash cuts like it changes scenes so like there's no actual animation you just teleport into another room no, but no he doesn't teleport he doesn't teleport because they, they I guess they couldn't build that because of the collision he literally lurps he literally yes, drags he through the wall into the storage <laughs> closet so he's like let me show you over here and then he oh like just it's awesome oh my god and we're just like staring at this thing oh. like what, what like when like Where's the turn? Like, what, like, what's the reveal? There wasn't one, and that's why it was. That's and like I said, 
Bobby Thorne, Game of the Year 2017. Oh. <laughs> you heard it here first. But, like, it's, it's so cool to see games that aren't just, you know, and I love, you know, Overwatch is really cool. But I want to see games, that, and, and the reason why we got into game development is that there's a lot of loops that have been done over and over. We're really good as a collective gaming community at going to the right and jumping, or aiming and shooting. And seeing it, the, the cool new stuff it packs is um, always exciting. But, speaking of uh, endearing indie, guys, everyone should go play Dunk Lords. Oh God! What's yes. wrong with Dunk Lords? Nothing wrong with Dunk Lords. Dunk Lords is awesome. You were just fascinated by. It. You didn't even touch it. You were just like, "This is this game." So, <laughs> I really love NBA Jam, and I really loved uh, what was it? Um, ah, shoot. So Mason three on three basketball. Mason was standing. NBA Street. NBA Street. NBA Street. So Mason's standing there, and I'm like, "Oh," he says, "NBA Jam." I'm like, "Okay, that's like the NBA version of NFL Blitz." He's like, yeah. And then Alex comes up and goes, oh, this is like the NBA version of NHL hits. <laughs> like, we're all using different metaphors right now. Like This thing, and, I'm, and the game's really cool. It's a two-on-two. -two. It's a combination of like a, a basketball game and a fighting game with character special abilities, but it's a basketball game. And I'm talking to the guy, and the developer, and he's awesome. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, well, um, well how do we get to this? About his background, yeah. yeah, he just threw it out. Yeah, no, I think maybe he did. So Ma Mason's We're talking to him. Mason's a big Spelunky guy, big I'm Spelunky a huge fan, Spelunky fan, big Spelunky fan. And so he's talking to the dev, and he's like, uh, blah blah blah. And the guy goes, "Yeah, I was a programmer on Spelunky." And you just saw like Mason's eyes dilate a little bit. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah," and I like live like ten minutes from the Fraxis office. He's like, "Wait, where's the Fraxis office?" He's like, "It's in Baltimore." And Mason's also a big XCOM guy. And then I couldn't even see the irises. It was just all pupil. Like the eyes were just all black. <laughs> I was just, hanging out with Bobby Thorne. Just very. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it was really cool, and it's stuff like that. Like this guy wasn't. He didn't lead with this. He's not even talking about Spelunky. I don't even know what his relationship I, with that studio is. He was the programmer. So maybe I, mean, I know that, but like. He's not, it's not that, who's the studio that made Spelunky? De Shoot. Derek. Derek. Derek, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for confirmation. Uh, fact checks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he made, so Dunk Lords is, is a, um, especially if you're with a group of people, it's a, he's got a multiplayer demo going, and that's very cool. Um, also over on the indie side of things. Um, another thing that's very cool, and I, I mentioned this earlier, I'm going to keep going. That's cool with you guys. Keep yeah. going. Um, Rap about it. Are you guys familiar? Is it the Diversity Lounge? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's a very, there's all the, so when you leave the convention center itself, there's the stuff that's happening on the second floor. Yeah, which is like the jam space and then the console free play, which and is one, one group that's here is the Able Gamers Charity. Is anyone familiar with them? So yeah. Ooh, they're awesome. Ooh, definitely. And um, so basically what they do is that they're a, a charity, a nonprofit based in D.C., and they will work with uh, uh, people with various, whether it's disabilities or, 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 you know, needs for gaming and develop custom controllers for them to play. And I think they, you know, as far as like hidden gems go, like these guys are killer. And they're, they're sit there, they, they bring them in, they 3D print custom components for the controllers, they watch them play games, they figure out ways for them to, you know, they make it so that everyone can play games. And that's, that's very important just to me. Um, Definitely. I, I think that we, you know, being here, you guys should also go check out all the stuff going on there uh, in the diversity line. The there's periphery. a lot of really, really good stuff. And also, there's like very few people in there. So if you have a problem with crowds and you just want to get away from all the people on the expo floor, go check out the stuff on the periphery because it's it's much more breathable. And, and the it, Able Gamers are, are, are raising money so they can keep making these controllers 
uh, for these people that can't afford them themselves. And, yeah. kind of and it's a cool way to see a side of this industry that we don't even think about. Um, and it really is undiscovered because it's not even on the main floor. Uh, and you, you kind of do have to seek it out. So definitely recommend checking that out. And um, there was also the GamerX had a presence there. So, mm -hmm. so it was diversity for like, like you were saying, yeah. um, able gamers and then also a big LGBTQ presence. Um, and it was really cool just talking to all the people. Who do we community. Who we talked to, Dan? And NYC gamers, they were really uh, sweet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I got the ribbon. It's right, right here. And, and one yeah. thing that Able Gamers has been a big part of is, uh, as you know, over the years, the like colorblind modes have come into games, and that's something that they helped push and move along, which I think is very cool. Um, and they're kind of the go-to source for that now. All right, Dylon. Uh, yeah. So, um, hot tip: if you're doing a panel and you tweet about it, and no, if you're making an indie game and you want someone to talk to you about your game on their panel, um, just tweet at them because they will definitely go over and play your game because that's exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. and someone on Twitter was like, hey, I heard about your panel. You should come out check out our game. Yeah. So um, I checked out a game called Semblance at the indie mini booth. So there's the mega booth, obviously, and then the mini booth is much smaller and all, all the games are kind of on terminals collected together. Um, from I'm going to butcher the developer's name. Oh, that's a tough one. And, Niamacop? Niamacop. 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 And uh, it's a portmanteau for. It's a port. So, so the developers are, are from Africa. Um, one of them what, was from South Africa. And where was the other one from? Kenya. South Africa and Kenya. Kenya. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were saying that the two major languages are um, Afrikaans and Swahili. And so Niamacop is one of those languages for meat, and the other one is, and cop is a, uh, means head in the other language, so their studio is just meathead. Yeah, and <laughs> pretty cool. Two different languages, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, I, they, they reached out to me, so I went over there and played their game, and their game, um, has anyone ever played the game The Floor is Jelly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is kind of similar to that, at least in, in, in visual aesthetic, where, um, you're playing this kind of this blob that's moving across these uh, these platforms. So it's a 2D platformer, and um, the the floor is kind of wavy, so it kind of like bends. <laughs> yeah, visual aids. Um, it, it, it bends to like when you move across it, and so the whole thing is that you can deform the platforms using your body. So you ram into things. You have a dash attack, and you dash to like put indentations into the ground or there are platforms hovering above you and you put indentations beneath them to turn the platform into a hill because so there's like three um, like MacGuffins per level that you need to collect to reach the end of the level and so you like there'll be one really high up that you can't reach normally but if you go underneath the platform and dash underneath it you'll pop it up into a hill and you can climb the hill and jump up and grab it but it was really cool talking to them like for one from the perspective of their game was really cool Semblance. 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 Yep. Semblance. Um, and, uh, but also because they're African developers, so we started talking about them, about like the scene in, in South Africa. And, and apparently there's a pretty good fledgling <laughs> game dev scene. He listed a couple. Like, uh, yeah, Broforce came out of there. Broforce. Uh, but out of Africa. Yeah, um, South Africa, I think, specifically. Africa, and um, then Visceral Cleanup Crew. Visceral Cleanup Detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but just looking at the tech, and it, it was made in Unity, and like, you know, I would I would rank my unity uh, unity capabilities as moderate, but like a lot of this like the deformation stuff with like the sprite work that they were doing, like it was really cool. It was and a really awesome interesting puzzle. Style, just super super cool. And it's a good challenge to see like like I like puzzle games like that because like mm -hmm. a I wanted to go see other stuff 
So I wanted to do it really quickly. So it's a good challenge to see like, okay, how, how fast can I pick up these, these controls and pick up the mechanics and breeze through this? Because I think it's like three discrete levels. And they're one of the people that kind of talked about a really positive relationship potentially with, with Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah, because they want to do an August release, and they said they, they've been talking to Nintendo about that. And the two guys are just, they could not be nicer to talk to. So yeah. again, in recurring theme here, you want, to, you want to find the really cool stuff at PAX, start talking to the people that are making these games. And, and you know, I was thinking about it. They're in an area where literally it's the people who make the game and a TV screen, and that's pretty much it. And and you're like, well, where's you know, where's the fanfare? Where's the production? Where's of, the Reinhardt? Well, the the thing is, is like, it's two people that are spending their time making the game, and all their time is going into actually making the game, um, and so they don't have time to do a lot of that PR stuff, and or can afford and, it, right? And yeah. so it's I like mean, you're you, just, a lot of money. you just got to talk to them and, and play their game and, and show them some love. Um, and you can find some really cool stuff if you do it. And my best advice for like finding the obscure stuff that you probably overlooked is just walk around the edge, the perimeter of the expo hall, because the edge is where you're going to find all yep. the weird, unique stuff. And for sure. it's, it's, it's really cool. The big right. stuff is cool too, though. We're not, you know. Yeah, not discounting not that, discounting. but I also oh, yeah. don't want to stand a four hour line. No. Um, so now I want to switch now this finger, this, uh, I want to switch to a lightning round. So if anyone <laughs> wants to recommend stuff that they've seen, please come up to the microphone. The microphone is working, right? This one right here? Yeah. Or if you just have questions. Recommendations, questions. Okay. Yeah, we're good over there. We want to hear about what we want to go see more games. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone else here does too. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Jordan Cameron. I'm a writer for OneRuleBeCool.com. Um, and I have seen a lot of really cool games today, but one that really stood out to me, you guys mentioned Gardens Between, so you all stole my game. But um, I saw this one called um, Blasters of V-Universe. It's this VR game. It's kind of a bullet hell game like uh, Tower of Guns in which you are uh, shooting at, like there are these thousands of bullets coming at you from every direction and your head takes damage, so you gotta be careful not to get hit in the head. I mean, that applies to, you know, everyday life. But um, it is this crazy, fun, chaotic, neon-colored game. I definitely recommend checking it out. Awesome. What was it called? Sweet. Say it again. Thank you. Blasters of the Universe. Oh, that, that's, yeah, it's the in the Indie Mega Booth. I saw that. Yep, it's in the Indie Booth. Thank you. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, one of the ones uh, that I played that I really liked is, uh, did you guys see uh, Inverses? Did yes. you see this one? No. That, like, I love that one. The art style is wicked. Yeah. Is that the grid one that you were it's talking like, about? It's like, yeah, just okay. black and white, and it's like, it's two teams, and so you're these like little black squares on one team, little white squares, and you can only travel on your color. And as you shoot, you flip all the squares in the arena. So you're like oh, trying to blast so each cool. other, but you're also changing the board of where you can move. So it's one of those where like, once you pick up the game mechanic, you can feel your brain kind of turning and thinking like, like awesome. oh, I'm thinking differently now about how to, to trap the other person. So That's awesome. And it was like, super, you know, everyone was there like screaming and shouting each other. Nice. You know, it's it multiplayer? Like really it's four player. Oh, so it was like cool. two on two teams. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Does anyone and else have some Any cool other questions or cool things want to talk about some so cool things they've seen? Cool. No? no? All right. All right. Well, I think that's the end of the panel. Yeah. Um, if you find any hidden gems later on today, we're using the hashtag PAX Hidden Gems. You can tweet about it. Um, you can tweet at us at Ward Video Games. And if all things went accordingly, this panel has been recorded and we'll put it up as a podcast. These three gentlemen and I do podcasting and uh, talk about great stuff. We also have a lot of people from the indie community from where we're from talking about indie games and development. Yeah, if you're down with indie games and you want to find Wait. out about games that are, you know, most people yeah, don't know gyms. about, check it out. Yes. Oh. We played a really good one. Um, 
It's the Darwin Project. It's a uh, multiplayer online kind of like a, well, arena game, but it's very based on like Battle Royale or Hunger Games. Right on. And so you have this, like you're thrown in, you have an axe and a bow, but no arrows. You got to start chopping down trees, looking for resources, and then everyone else is hunting you and you're hunting them. So really cool. We, nice. uh, that, I think that's been the favorite thing we've seen today. But where, where can we find that? Uh, it's actually really close to uh, what's the hard light, dead light, <laughs> the the uh, hard the oh the hard light, hard light VR, VR. Yeah, hard light yeah. VR yeah. yeah it's like yeah, two yeah. things oh, down it's from it's that. It's by Bobby Thorne. Cool. Yeah, it's by, it's by <laughs> everything's Bobby by Bobby Thorne. Thorne. It all Apparently. comes back to Bobby Thorne. Take a right at Bobby Thorne. Cool. Uh, but yeah, no, and the map that you're in, it, you start off really wide in it, but it starts closing down areas will shut down, and so it forces you closer and closer and closer until hopefully you've got enough arrows and equipment put together. Right. So super sweet game, the Darwin Project. Scavenger Studios is their Company, their French company. Scavenger nice. Studios. Awesome. Yeah. And Nick and Joe, friends of us, also from the Richmond, Virginia area, YouTubers. Check nice. them out. Nice. Um, is well, this a replay live? Is what they be. It's what we be. Is what you be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I found another game too, uh, Flint Hook. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, I wanted yeah. to try that it's out. So cool. It's a. I love tribute. Bounty hunter, pixel art kind of game, and you've got a hook shot, and you can slow down time, and you've got a gun, and it's just perfectly polished uh, platforming where you're trying to hook shot and hook shot and hook shot and then you slow down time while you're midair and you shoot a bunch of enemies and it's just so polished. It's nice. uh, pretty Feels straightforward. Really good but too. Mm, it's yes. got that, that It's got crunch, that crunch. Man. Yes. Yeah. I really like the character sprite. Yes. Of Flame Hut. The animations are fluid. You run into NPCs that are just kind of bopping up and down and they look great. It's, yeah. So. They make good games. They make good looking games. What was their last game? Uh, with, they made... Um, I don't remember. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Cool. Put, put me on the spot. All right. I think. Any I think more, any more games? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Well, cool. Right. Go out right. and experience. Hopefully, we gave you guys some awesome stuff to go check out. Um, enjoy the weekend. Thank you so much for. We'd like to say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And have some fun. Like we said, we are Ward Video Games. You can find us at ward-games.com or at Ward Video Games and check out our latest release, Peak, which should come out sometime. When we finish it. That's how indie dev works. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.